I had this anxiety nestled in my chest like a poisonous plant. It was like this big brown pit wedged in there with tendrils that were reaching up and closing around my throat. It was hard to breathe. <clears throat> it was the kind of stress that caused physical pain. Um, I had this growing lump in my throat that was about to explode in a flood of tears, but I was determined not to cry this day. It was about 17 years ago. I was just shy of 18 years old, and my dad had just dropped me off in the parking lot of my church in Kenai. There was an elder holding the door open for me with a very disappointed and stern look on his face. I had gone through those doors a million times, at least three times a week growing up, um, but I never really considered what those doors held for me. My community, my family, my friends, everything in my entire childhood until that day when I realized that I could lose it all. Uh, you see, when you're, a, when you're a teenage girl in the Jehovah's Witness Church, you don't have a lot of room for making mistakes. You don't really have a whole lot of room for anything short of perfection. And I had gotten caught making a mistake. So I was there on my way through these doors to find out what my punishment was going to be. I committed the sin that they like to call in the Jehovah's Witness Church leading a double life. There were two Naomi's. There was the, the good Naomi who wore modest skirts and didn't talk to boys on the phone and asked people on the street if they wanted to talk to Jehovah. And there was the bad Naomi, the secret rebellious Naomi who just really wanted to experience real life, who did things like uh, she snuck out to make out with her boyfriend, she smuggled booze into church functions. <laughs> Once or twice, she may have smoked pot in the Sullivan Arena parking lot during a church convention. <laughs> um, she was the one who got caught having sex before marriage, and she was now on trial. So I walked through that door, and I was led back to the elders' room, and I had never been in there before. That's You only go in the elders' room when you're really in trouble. So I sat down at this table, in this dark room, and these four old men, these elders who were in charge of the church, in charge of my punishment and my future, they sat at the other end and they held their Bibles in their laps and they began. It wasn't so bad at first. It was a lot of them throwing scriptures at me, like about modesty and fornication and uh, being submissive and women are the weaker sex, and I was doing a pretty good job of uh, keeping my eye rolling to a minimum and um, holding back that lump in my throat that was definitely still there. And then they put their Bibles down and they really let me have it. They, they turned into these big old bullies of men and they threw these accusations at me over and over. It was like they were excited at the chance to tell me how bad I was they told me, you are manipulative, you're a liar, you are a bad Jehovah's Witness, you're a bad daughter, you're a bad friend. Do you think that any man is ever going to want you when they know what you've done? Your mom, she has pretty severe mental health issues um, and pretty severe anxiety. 
If you were a good Jehovah's Witness, if you obeyed, if you were a good daughter, she wouldn't be dealing with these things. And I just, I just slipped, sunk further and further into my seat, and I, I couldn't breathe. The room was closing in on me, and their words, their horrible words, were just seeping into my brain. And uh, I was about to lose it. And they finally wrapped it up. They put their Bibles down, and they asked me three more questions. They said, are you sorry? And I said, yes, I'm sorry. I am sorry that I lied, and I'm sorry that I hurt anybody. Are you going to quit seeing your boyfriend? Yes, I promise I will stop seeing my boyfriend. And at this point, I thought it might be okay. Maybe I could walk away with just a reprimand, and I would still get to see my family and my friends, and I wouldn't have to face the public humiliation of them broadcasting it from the front of the church. But then they asked me the third question, and they lost me. You have to give up your best friend. You are bad for each other. You make each other do bad things. You have to cut each other out of your lives completely. Will you do that? And I just couldn't. I, I don't know why. That was the one thing I couldn't say yes to. I couldn't lie about it, and I couldn't compromise how I felt, and I said no. So they cleared their throats and looked at each other and dismissed me from the room, and I went outside into the hallway, sat in this little chair, while they discussed with each other what they were going to do with me. And I was still fighting very hard to keep those tears back. I was digging my fingernails into my palms, and I was chewing on the insides of my cheek, and I was biting my lips so hard that it bled. And it just seemed like that half an hour took forever. And they finally opened the door, and they waved me back in. And they sat me down and said, we have reached a unanimous decision. You are a bad influence on the members of this congregation, and you will be disfellowshipped. We will announce it next Sunday. So I had two days to say goodbye to my friends, because after the announcement, my friends and my family wouldn't be able to talk to me anymore. They wouldn't even be able to acknowledge that I existed. So I f was publicly kicked out that Sunday. I lost my whole community my family and my friends, and I felt all of it as I sat in the front row with my mom, where she made me sit that Sunday. And the elder gave the closing prayer, and he asked everybody to stay for one more announcement. And he said, Naomi Hagland has been disfellowshipped. And the whole room was filled with gasps. It was like a movie. Everybody turned and looked at us looked at me, and uh, I stood up, my Bible fell on the floor, and I just beelined it out the door. I, didn't I couldn't look at anybody. And I got in my car, and I peeled away, and I just let the anger and so much rage and shame wash through me, and of course I flipped off the church as I drove away. <laughs> and I... Uh, <laughs> And I felt something that, all, even though I was looking at my uncertain future and I had nobody there for me, I felt uh, something that gave me hope for the first time. 
I felt relief and I felt free.